Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Friday, it's the BWI Daily Edition. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. We've got the same plate of goodness for you today. We've got uh, Ryan Snyder talking about the whiteout game and the list that is super long already for that. And of course, his best bets. Get you another, and by the way, I mean another Michigan preview. We have covered this game from top to bottom all week long, and we're going to round it out with one more look at Penn State, Michigan before the biggest game of the 2022 season so far. That's coming up on the BWI Daily Edition. Ryan Snyder with us for another Friday. Ryan, how you doing today? What's uh, what's the plan for tonight? Uh, local tonight, going to Lancaster. I haven't seen Joey Schlafler yet this year, and he happens to be playing David Polly Polly, the uh, up-and-coming wow. 2024 defensive lineman uh, from Hempfield. He just got an offer from Penn State, I don't know, a few months ago. Haven't seen David play yet. Uh, David actually, I think David picked up an offer from Pitt the other day, so he's up to, I don't know, a big four offers now. I think Louisville and Temple are the other two. And certainly a player that, as long as he continues to progress and you know relationship goes well, that makes a lot of sense to end up at Penn State. So, you know, another opportunity to see you know one player already committed, of course, and then another player who I think realistically could end up here. And I can be back in my house by ten o'clock to <laughs> drink some beers and watch some college football. Although tonight's terrible Friday slate, as amazing as the Saturday slate is, yeah. we have the like worst slate of Friday games. Uh, I think we've seen all year. So maybe I'll just go to bed and uh, get ready for what is going to be 
maybe like the best, I mean, definitely the best Saturday of college football we've had this season. And yeah, one of the best we've seen maybe in the last couple of years. I know probably a lot of people have dubbed it this already, but I was seeing uh, J.D. Pacal, who does the, the national show for On3, a uh, friend of the show, by the way, uh, Separation Saturday is what he's calling it. So I, okay. I think that's a fair I think that's a fair name for everybody that we're uh, looking at those big games this weekend from some undefeated teams to give us some clarity who's going to be in the picture later on I in the season. I saw a stat today. Um, so there's five ranked versus ranked teams all of whom are undefeated. The last time that happened was 1993. So that's wow. a pretty cool stat I thought I saw. Yep. So 10 teams undefeated, all ranked, going at it this weekend. And uh haven't seen that in almost two decades. So Here's a question. Cool that yep. that is. And that makes me think, is there more is there more parity in college football than there is separation? And I know that we have this debate all the time about the college football playoff and the top three or four teams. But everybody else outside of the top three or four teams it, uh, that speaks to it right there that there that we haven't been this deep in the mm -hmm. season with undefeated teams that many of them at one time. I mean, it's just interesting to think about it that way. I I mean, it just depends on how you want to look at it. I mean, yeah, there's plenty of parity between ten and forty five, but the problem <laughs> is, it's all that all anyone cares about is the one through five. You know, really the playoff yeah. era one through four, and they're the teams that you know keep winning. So that's why we need to expand the playoff, of course, and. Uh, you know, I think that's that's coming. I think I saw something yesterday where it could come in 2024 uh, is, is the latest talk with that. So, yeah, we'll see if that gets done. But uh, I, the ACC commissioner came out this week and was like, we're finally unified. And what was funny about it is like the ACC was the one effing it up the whole time or one of the ones <laughs> effing it up the whole time. And I was just like, you jerk. So, yeah, anyway, so we'll, we'll see where that comes. But, I, yeah, there's plenty of parity. I, I think it's just those are all the teams that end up playing in the quick lane bowl. So, you know, yeah. most people don't care about it. It is, it so, is what it is. So it's, it's interesting because like, I'm, I'm one of two thoughts about this, you know, when, when uh, the NFL expanded the playoffs, right. And they made it uh, one extra team and you only got one team into the bye. And I think the bills hadn't been in the playoffs at that point. And I was like, you know, now it feels like there's an ass in my mind. It feels like there's an asterisk about, uh, getting into the playoffs because it was easier. You know, more teams make the playoffs and like there, there's a bit of that of like, yeah, you weren't one of the four, but then ultimately it does not matter. Cause once you're there, it's, it's the exact same thing. Uh, but it, it's interesting how that works of like, you had two teams, then you have four and now we might have 12. Is it, is it 12 or 16? Uh, it'll be 12 for the playoffs uh, for, for college football. I mean, the one thing I was going to say is like the, the team, that I root for more than any team in the world. You know, your bills are the Philadelphia Phillies to me. Yeah. And they just got into the playoffs because it was expanded this year. You know, obviously they're making their run through the playoffs right now, which, you know, knock on wood, they can beat the Braves here, but uh, I don't give a damn how many teams there are in the playoffs <laughs> as long as my team's in it. And I got something to watch and, and, you know, drink a couple of beers and watch a game and have fun, uh, you know, either watch it with my wife or my friends or whomever. Uh, that's all I care about. So keep expanding. Yeah, I, I found I found myself in the exact same spot after about five minutes. <laughs> it did not take me long yeah. to come off of that spot. Uh, there's a there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, not this weekend, but the the whiteout game is not just a big game for fans and for TV. It is a huge game for recruiting because it's a huge game for TV and for fans. So uh, the list has been already bubbling up. What um 
what do you want to start with with the list? Because it is, mm-hmm. I think you said before the show, 60 plus names deep. We're not going to get into all of those. Check out bluewhiteillustrated.com for just a dollar. We finally put an end date on that. So it is coming. Please sign up. Make sure you get it in $1 to get all the names. But pick out the ones you want to talk about and we'll go through the list that you have. Yeah, yeah. So Sean and I worked, uh, you know, all week on this, really. And uh, we're still a week out. So a lot's going to change. I mean, guys are going to there's going to be guys that are saying they're coming right now that are going to tell us next Wednesday they're not coming. It, we just have that every year. But uh, Sean and I put that list out today. Uh, it ended at 68 players confirmed, 60 of whom hold a Penn State scholarship offer. And that does include the committed players. I think, I think right now we've got about a dozen or so. Uh, of the committed guys uh, set to be here. So, I mean, we're still talking about 40 plus or 50, really almost like almost 50 scholarship guys expected to be here, uh, which is awesome. And and if the list ends up being that way in the end, actually, I, I think it's going to grow, to be honest with you. I think it's just, it's going to continue to grow and, and really could end up being at uh, maybe as many as like 70 or so. I, I was looking at last year's whiteout list early in the week to kind of get a reference of um, just kind of, what I should expect or compare to. And I, I, at the time last year, there was like, I think it was like 50 or 60 scholarship guys, but it ended up being over 90 guys who uh, will play division one football somewhere. So, you know, guys at the time didn't hold a scholarship offer, but now they're 2020, they're 2023. And maybe they won't play Penn state, but they'll play at a Rutgers or wherever. Uh, So, I mean, I really could be looking at a list where, you know, yeah, of course, we're going to point to those scholarship guys, you know, the, the 40 or so key guys that, you know, we've been talking about for the longest time. But really, it, it could be a list where you, when you look at the 2025, and the 2026 guys, where, where you see nearly 100 players who are going to play Division One football at one level or another, whether it's, uh, you know, group of five, FBS, uh, whatever it may be. So uh, I think that's really what we're potentially looking at. Uh, and one thing Penn State's trying to do, too, compared to, Years past, I mean, there were there were times in recent years where they would try and host like 170 guys, and they would let all their friends bring their friends, and you know, yeah. of course, you do whatever you can to appease these guys. But but really, they've learned from that and are really trying to make it like, you know, yeah, committed guys can bring a friend, like Birch Mile bring a friend, you know, Jamie Williams will bring a couple of teammates, stuff like that. But yeah. they're really trying to make it where you know, if you're if you're a prime prospect, uh, you know, you can't just be bringing everybody. You know, it's it's right. it's, it's or the too best. many bro hugs, just too many yeah. bro hugs. You can't get through that. It's many. just too many people. It's just too many. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the Beaver Stadium sideline is not big. If if you went yeah. to Auburn, for example, and you know you see how big the wide those sidelines are between the hedges and how much room there is there. I mean, Penn State has a third of that. So it's mm-hmm. just you can only fit so many guys on the sidelines. You can only fit so many people in the seats. And you gotta you gotta get everybody's you know, parents in there as well. So you're you know you're still talking about when you include parents and everything. You're still talking about four hundred plus people really in the end. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so I, I I'll start with a few names uh, that that kind of stood out. I mean, one thing I wrote earlier this week was the linebacker list. Uh, I think there's a really good list of linebackers who are planning to be there. Uh, first one that grabs out grabs my attention is Anthony Specka, Central Catholic prospect. We've talked about him a good bit. He's a four star in the on three consensus. Uh, one thing with Specka too is he's actually going to Michigan this weekend, and 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 Penn State and Michigan are, in my opinion, his top two schools. I think Notre Dame's in there. I think Tennessee's coming on strong, too, especially with their strong performance this year. But uh, from the for the longest time, I've thought this is a Penn State-Michigan Michigan battle. So certainly interesting to see him expected to come back to Penn State one week after Michigan. He's going to get the maze out of Michigan, the white out of Penn State. 
Uh, yeah, it would give them give them a lot to compare to. But a couple other guys, Cam Lindsay out of Aliquippa, of course, been on campus quite a few times. I think he's a player who could realistically end up here. Uh, Aaron Childs had a good counsel. Sean and I talked about him the other week on the on the Tuesday podcast. I think uh, whether he grows into a D end or not, we'll see. You know, two twenty right now, six three ish, could certainly yeah. pack on some pounds and end up rushing. It's a off thick the looking two twenty too. He like, is. He he, he looks is. great. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a great looking prospect, a great kid too. He's uh, Penn State. Uh, just talking to sources one time after his visit in the spring, man, they raved about just who he is as a person and just what he could potentially be. I mean, he's got it all. He's got the whole package, man. Just a complete yeah. player, um, everything off the field too. Uh, but Sam Piloff, Chris Jones, uh, Piloff from Wisconsin, of course, uh, three star guy, and then Chris Jones, a four star guy out of Virginia. We added one other player. Uh, since I wrote that earlier this week, too, one other uh, offense or linebacker prospect to keep an eye on is Caden Jones as well. Uh, still trying to get a better feel for for Caden and his interest in Penn State, but uh, keep an eye on him. Uh, two other uh, groups of position groups that have grabbed my attention when I look at this list are running back and offensive line. Uh, running back, we, we you know we've confirmed Dewan Williams from St. Francis, Sam Williams Dixon out of Ohio, uh, John Forster is a good 2025 prospect as well out yeah. of New Jersey. I think that's a good looking list. Daniel Coles too. Uh, Daniel was up for a game earlier this year. I believe he's um, he's out of Virginia. I believe it is Brook Point. Uh, I believe the school is um, but another guy to keep an eye on there. So you know four quality running back prospects, and then the the offensive line. You have uh, the three guys from St. Edwards. You have the Devonte and uh, was it Devonte and Deontay um, yeah. Armstrong, the two twins, and then of course their teammate Ben Roebuck as well. They're all expected, and then you have a handful of others too. You have Kevin Haywood from Archbishop Wood. You have Jake Warnara uh, out of Florida, and then you have Luke Hamilton, who's also from Ohio, and then Zafir Stewart too, uh, the 2024 offensive tackle from Emetep, who got an offer from Penn State. Uh, I think it was just last last month. So uh, just just some good looking position groups there to kind of start off. Uh, T Frank, I mean, you've looked down the list. Anybody kind of grabs your attention, or anybody any questions you want to add, or should I just keep rolling off names? Uh, yeah, keep going because I I I, uh, I this is such a big list. I've not been involved in in the nuances of this before. Uh, the the mm -hmm. guys that did stand out to me were the offensive linemen, having seen some of them in person uh, at some of the camps this summer. The Armstrong twins and just the the group you could make out of out of those pieces, I think is super intriguing. And I know that you're not going to get every one of those players and probably you don't want all of them at the end, but just another great opportunity for Penn state's offensive line recruiting prospects when they've got some good regional players and some players that seem to have an interest, just getting them over the line is kind of an important thing, but that's really the group that I thought that kind of piqued my interest with, with the, uh, the overall list. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, a couple other guys too. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to name all the standout guys, but there are a couple who grabbed my attention. I just wrote today, Ryan Wingo, St. St. Louis uh, University High School. It's always an interesting name. St. Louis University High School. Always just <laughs> interesting yeah. to me. Um, 6'2", 198. We have him right now at 0-3 as the 14th best player in the entire country. And really the whole industry has him ranked incredibly high. The, the consensus has him at number 12. Uh, but he's a top player in Missouri, a, a top three, four wide receiver in the country, and and someone who is absolutely on pace to be a five-star player. So let's see if Ryan makes it out here. I've talked to Ryan and his uh, recruiting coordinator at the school this week. Both said, you know, all, all intentions are to make it there. And if you look at Ryan Wingo's uh, visit list, too, 
he's been all over the place. So, so my point with that is just that he can realistically get out here. Like there's no, yeah. there's just a ton of guys who are going to tell us they're get here, but they don't have flight scheduled. You know, it's just, it is what it is. We see that every year. Uh, but Wingo has been to Notre Dame four times, Arkansas four times, uh, Missouri and A&M twice, you know, and then you look down the list, you got Tennessee, Michigan, LSU, Ohio state, uh, Oklahoma. I mean, my, my point is he's, he's really gotten around. So I, I feel like, Wingo really should probably end up at this game. I mean, all intentions are that he's going to be here. So that would be massive. Uh, one thing we talked about last week when we were going over the coaching visits for the bye week is, is uh, Taylor Stubblefield want to see Ryan Wingo last week out at his school. So that's, uh, you know, certainly a good relationship there. And, uh, you know, the fact that Stubblefield was just out there should give Penn State a boost. Uh, the two other guys that grabbed my attention, Brian Robinson, Wrote about him this week as well. 2024 defensive end from Ohio. Uh, Brian Robinson is <laughs> genuinely one of the most impressive individuals I've met in this 2024 class. I remember I knew who he was, but I didn't know him in person. So when we were at the June 2nd long line strong 7-on-7, seven seven, I just remember, I think I told this before too, I remember watching him lead just a bunch of guys who were defensive ends. It was a team or excuse me, an individual position drill they were doing at the time. And, you know, you, you would have thought that this was all, these are all his normal teammates, just the way he was leading guys, motivating guys, like just incredible individual. I mean, this, this guy is what, I don't know, uh, 16, 17 going on 35. Like he's just, yeah. his maturity is, is, is just incredible. Uh, and then of course his, his offer sheet and all that stuff's incredible too. It's wild to me that Ohio state has not offered him. So there's clearly something there that I need to learn more about, but yeah. you know, we have him as a top, uh, we have him as the top, uh, let's see, I'm trying to figure what is it? 170, excuse me, in the mm -hmm. nation for on three. So a top guy, you know, one of the top 10 players in Ohio, the consensus has him even higher at number 130 and number three in Ohio. And, you know, he's got the Michigan, Notre Dame, uh, Kentucky, handful of other awesome schools. So certainly a, a guy that Penn State would love to get back. This will be his third visit as well to Penn State. So a lot going he's on got there. A, he's got a deny Dennis Sutton vibe about him. You know, his play mm -hmm. style, size, I think that's a good comparison. And I don't know if that it is anything about the interest or not interest from Ohio State. But that was my first, you know, I watched him for the first time here a couple days ago. And that was the first thing I thought is, oh, there's another there's another 6'5", 240 pound defensive end. And uh, mm -hmm. and similar similar abilities, I think, as well. But I interrupted you. Who else were you going on to to, to round? No, Denai's a really good comparison. Denai's a little bigger. I think Denai yeah. like uh, so. I mean, Robinson was two thirty in the summer too, so he's probably a little bit bigger now. That we got that measurement from him uh, one of the camps he attended this year. But um, but yeah, I mean, Denai. We're talking 10, 15 pounds there, so not, not a big difference there. But um, who was I mentioning? Oh, Brady Prescorn, the the tight end out of Rochester, Michigan. Uh, I still have him as Penn State's number one tight end prospect in this class. There are a couple others that, you know, since the season has started, Ty Howell's really kind of taken more and more of a look at. But uh, Brady is still, without a doubt, um, in my opinion, the staff's top guy. Uh, to, to add to that, too, actually, Penn State is planning to see Brady tonight, uh, I believe. Um, I know I know Taylor Stubblefield is out in the Detroit area. He's checking up on a bunch of schools today. And then James Franklin will join him tonight. Uh, at Brady Prescorn's game. They're actually playing Harper Woods, uh, who is home to 2024 defensive back Jacob Odin. Jacob's uh, another another four-star guy. Penn State took a little longer to offer Jacob, but they have since offered him. He, he came to campus this summer. Uh, and, oh, yeah, by the way, Jacob Odin is on this list for the way out next week, too. <laughs> everybody, it seems like everybody's on it. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, Brady, like I said, I mean, anybody who's uh, been, been watching these podcasts or reading the stuff we write. I mean, Brady Priestcorn is without a doubt one of the top guys 
in the entire country um, and, and easily and one of the top tight ends in the entire country. And I have him as you know, pretty much easily Penn State's top top guy overall as far as uh, tight ends concerned. It's amazing how many people the whiteout draws to Happy Valley because, uh, you know, even even people that maybe aren't going to the game, my in-laws are visiting on the day of the whiteout. Like it's the first day they'll be here is the whiteout <laughs> game. And this is the second time that they've accidentally uh, scheduled a trip coming on for the, for one of the biggest uh, games of the Penn State football calendar. So even people that aren't going to the game end up in Happy Valley uh, during that Saturday. Uh, so anything. I know this is always the the dumb question, but like, is do you expect anything coming out of that game in terms of um, anything? I mean, the, the guys we have predictions in, uh, of course, Kevin Kevin Haywood out of Archbishop Wood, uh, Dominic Nichols out of uh, Oakdale in Maryland. I mean, I can see those guys committing at some point, but the wait-out game doesn't really set up for commitments, especially with it being a night game, because you know sometimes, like. Me, Maybe you could get a commitment on the field, but it's just is is this isn't like the Villanova game last year, right? <laughs> yeah, where he's kind of set and you know, I think I don't know if it was Matthias or I forget who committed during that game, but uh, and it's just it just doesn't it doesn't really set up well for that, just because there's so many. First off, there's so many guys here, so even before the game, the amount of conversation and contact you can have on certain guys, it's just it's it's just very limited when you have to get around to everybody, of course. And then of course, with it being a night game. You know, some guys will stick around after the game, hang out in the locker room, chat with the staff. Yeah, it's going to be like midnight. You know, when when they would get the opportunity to do that. So most people hit the road. Although <laughs> anyone who's been a, uh, been here a couple of times knows you, you probably should just hang out a little while while the traffic thins out. Yeah, you're just going to sit in your car for <laughs> for a while, anyways. But um, I, I would say this: there are a couple guys that you know I've, I've talked about before that I didn't mention there. Quentin Martin will is expected to be back. We, we talked about Quentin Martin a ton, of course. He's the mm -hmm. uh, best player in Pennsylvania, I think, right now, regardless of class. Miller Agar, too, another really good Pennsylvania prospect, uh, four-star four cornerback out of St. St. Joseph's Prep. He's he's should be here as well. And then Jaden Davis, who uh, I, I think is Penn State's top quarterback prospect uh, for 2024. He will be at Michigan this weekend. Michigan is – oh, excuse me. No, he won't be at Michigan this weekend. He will be at Michigan for the Michigan State game in – two weeks i believe it is um but he will be i think tennessee this weekend penn state next weekend and then michigan for the michigan state game in three weeks so um just curious to see if penn state can really make up any ground with Jaden davis i still think penn state's probably fringe top five with him at the most right now well it'll be something that we keep monitoring going forward it's always fascinating the machinations of recruiting which is why we talk about it twice a week on the bwi daily edition uh also you got a, just a huge information dump from Ryan about all the interesting players, all the important players. If you would help us out and like the video, that always helps us out. When uh, you like the video, you should see how much of an impact it has on the number of people it reaches and the number of people that uh, you know subscribe when we have a video that hit, that people hit the like button on. So if you're watching the video, you're 20 minutes in, you're hooked. You're going to be here for best bets and our conversation about the Penn State football game coming up on Saturday. So just hit the hit the like button and we'll move on. And speaking of moving on, it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know what time it is. I think this is going to be one of the best seasons Toledo's ever had. Uh, we'll do the official play will be minus seven and a half first half. Degenerate, I mean, sometimes watches a little Hawaii, you know. Uh, Stanford, I'll, I'll, I'll lay 12 with Stanford. Vanderbilt stinks. I had them last week against Notre Dame. That was a winner. Ryan Snyder's Best Bets is here. This is, what, our, our <laughs> third week, fourth week of the season? Fourth week of the season so far, yeah. We we didn't do the first couple of weeks. Uh, just I was busy traveling around. But, uh, yeah, week four for us. It's, I also, like, don't – if you ask me, I probably don't like betting those first couple of weeks of college football. You just – yeah, yeah. they're totally new teams. It feels like every year, right? So you, you got to figure out who's, who's legit and who's not. But, uh, yeah, week four for us. So – uh, I'll roll through a couple stats here quick before we get into teams uh, four and two last week back uh, back a nice winning week. We're back to 10 and 10 on the season. And uh, what is my what is my all time record? I think I'm 50, 51 and 38 uh, all time record. So we're in the green still all time and back to even for the season so far, 51 and 28. How dare you take away my stats there, T Frank? I updated, the, <laughs> I just updated the ticker. Everyone, everyone who's watching saw me typing awkwardly and it didn't save the changes. So that was, that was an it's, old banner. It's all good. We, yeah. We do 51 and 51 and 38. Yeah. So I wish, I wish it was 51 and 28. That'd be a lot better. But uh, we're, uh, I don't know what, plus 13. So we'll, we'll take that. Uh, let's take a look at this week's best bets. Iowa State at Texas, Oklahoma State at TCU, Stanford at Notre Dame, and of course the game of the week, Penn State at Michigan. Iowa State at Texas. What are we looking at here? Yeah, only four plays this week. I, I'll be honest, man. This is, if you, well, a couple things with this week. Like, this is a hard week, I feel like. So I, I, I'm not as confident in some of these plays as I have been. I'm not trying to scare people away or, uh, you know, uh, prepare myself for one and three but this i just found this to be a really hard week to to pick games and uh you know with so many the one thing is like james franklin was a little bit ahead of everybody when it comes to not releasing uh injury information there's just so many injuries out there right now that you know there's just no information on like for example i would love to bet alabama tomorrow but i just don't know what's up yeah. with the heisman trophy winner uh, but i do think the spot sets up incredibly well for alabama with everybody being on tennessee i just Without knowing what's up with Bryce Young, it's hard to play. All right. Um, Iowa State, though. So a couple things here. I just think this is a total sandwich spot for Texas. Massive win against Oklahoma last weekend. Great, you know, great performance. Everything was great. And now they have Oklahoma State next weekend. So this is kind of yep. one of those sandwich games. You know, Oklahoma State's a top 10 team right now or top 15 team, I believe. So uh, so this is just one of those sandwich spot games. Iowa State's 0-3 in the conference, right? So you, you kind of overlook them a little bit. Uh, They've taken a step back compared to recent years, but a uh, couple things with this one. One is when I was doing the I was doing the research on this one. Matt Campbell has only lost by seventeen points one time in his entire Iowa State career. One wow. time they've lost by seventeen points. A couple other cool stats I found here: 
Uh, they are 30 and 17 all time uh, against the spread as an underdog. And Iowa State is 14 and one against the spread when they're getting eight points or more against a conference opponent. I mean, 14 and one, man, that's an yeah. incredible, incredible stat there. I mean, you would think it's a lock now. Right. <laughs> now, at the same time, it, a lot of those were put together when they had Brees Hall in the backfield and, you yeah. know, everybody else. Um, I'm trying to think who was the the quarterback the last couple of years for them. I mean, they had a they've certainly taken a step back from the, from what they had the last couple of years. But you know, I, I just think Iowa State comes to play, and, and this is really just a statistic play. I mean, there's just too many stats here pointing to Iowa State for me in this one uh, to not consider it. I do also kind of like the over in this game. I don't I don't have it. I think the over under was it's I think it started at 55 and it's down to 48 now. Uh, you know, the fact that everybody's betting the under there, I mean, the fact that it dropped seven points shows you everybody's betting the under. But I I, I just think, you know, if, if Iowa State can get 14 to 17 points in this one, that this should it should probably go over and end up somewhere. I mean, I think I think we could see a, a 31, 17, you know, 31, 21 kind of kind of game here. So I, I don't I don't mind the over in this one, but uh, I, I'll I'll roll with Iowa State and all those and all those uh, stats that are pointing towards Matt Campbell in this one. So you go from Iowa State at Texas overlooking the Cyclones because they've got Oklahoma State next week. So you got uh, Oklahoma State at TCU for our next game. Lots of Big 12 flavor here. What are you looking at in this one? Yeah, I just think Oklahoma State sucks. There's another sound bit for you down the road. (laughs) I, I, I don't think they suck, but I mean, they're just really overrated. I feel they haven't really played much. Uh, and you know, finally they're going to play the best team that they've, that that they'll maybe face this whole year. Cause I think TCU is for real. Um, you know, one, one thing I really noticed last week with Oklahoma state is they, their defense played 104 plays last week against Texas tech. I mean, Texas tech, and they, they had a couple injuries on that defense too. I, I think TCU has the best wide receivers, certainly in the big 12. I think they have one of the best wide receiver corps in the country and, you know, minus only four. I, I really think that the spread is, you know, should be closer to a touchdown. I just, I don't, I think Spencer, Spencer, uh, Sanders is an okay quarterback. I don't think he's really anything special. Uh, I really like what uh, what TCU's doing here, and uh, you know they were challenged last week against Kansas, and I think that's kind of why this is only four. I mean, I feel like, like I said, I, if they they beat Kansas by uh, you know another seven points or so last week, I think I think you see this this spread closer to a touchdown. So uh, I like TCU at home. I love their receiver corps. I think Oklahoma State's defense is is really what's going to let them down here. You're going to have a lot of points in this one. You're going to have a lot of uh, ups and downs and, and momentum flows, but. Uh, I, I love TCU in this spot. Give them, give me TCU minus seven. All right. So that's our second play of the week. Now we have a, a quite a, a spread here on this one, and I'll throw it up here. Stanford plus 16 and a half at Notre Dame. Are you trusting Stanford here? Because that's a big no. spread, and Notre Dame has not been great. So what do you Absolutely think? Absolutely not. Uh, I think Notre Dame's starting to put it together, and okay. I think Stanford's terrible. Uh, I really do. They are, they're probably the worst team in, in, in power five right now. Uh, if, if you really kind of look over some of their stats, I mean, right. One, the big thing that really stands out to me, there's two stats that really stand out to me. One is Stanford is 123rd in the country right now, offensively and havoc place. So it means they're turning the ball over. They're allowing sacks. You know, there's a ton of stats there that are just terrible for Stanford. As far as everything you don't want in an offense. And then their defensive line is probably the worst in the country right now. I mean, they can't they they can't get any stops behind the line of scrimmage. They can't get any stops at the line of scrimmage, and they can't get any stops even three four yards you know 
behind them. I mean, their their defensive line is just getting pushed around all the time. Notre Dame needs a dominating win too. I, I think that I think they can really put put together a great performance here. You know, they have a throwaway game against UNLV next week, and then they have Syracuse and Clemson coming up. And uh, just this is an opportunity for for Notre Dame to really right the ship here. And you know, I think if they can blow out Stanford, it just you know gives them some gives the fan base and everybody some some feel good some good feelings i guess is the right way to say uh you know again they got another uh, unlv next week they'll smack but they've got some really big games coming up so i think we're going to see notre dame i think i think they're going to see notre dame kind of put together here i i easily think they can win this game by 24 points i think they can win this game by 30 points to me this spread should be closer to 21 uh so give me give me the irish All right, so let's recap before we get into our game of the week and then get into our game of the week. So here we are. This is the the buffet of options that you have run down through what we have. Yeah, just statistical play with Iowa State. They're 14 and one all time. Um, You know, since since Matt Campbell took over the program, they're 14 and one when getting eight or more points against a conference opponent. I, I just have to play that stat. It's too too consistent for me not to play it. You don't see that very often. Uh, Oklahoma State. I just don't think their offense. There, I don't think their defense is very good. Not that TCU's defense is great or anything, but you know this spread should be closer to a touchdown. I feel give give me uh, TCU minus four, and then Stanford. I think they're they're the worst team in power five right now. Notre Dame needs a dominating win. They're starting to put it together. Drew Prine isn't anything great, but Drew Prine doesn't have to be great in this game. They can run the ball all over Stanford. Uh, this again, I think is another spread that should be closer to three touchdowns. And and one other thing too, with this is, you know, you'll, you'll find a lot of 17s uh, with this Stanford spread. So make sure you, you find the 16 and a half because uh, you can find it if you search around your book. So find that 16 and a half number just to play a little safe and uh, give me the Irish uh, minus that number. It's the BWI Daily Edition. Ryan Snedder taking you through his best bets of the week. And I always hold him, I pin him down to it. He's got to, he's got to pick the Penn State game as well. So mm-hmm. this is a line that's changed throughout the week, I think. This was much oh, yeah. closer, I heard, at the beginning of the week than no. it is now. So, but so no, the opposite. What, no, the opposite. the opposite. No, 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 no. No, Penn State okay. came out as a plus 10 by DraftKings oh, last week. Okay. It's All right. Had me shocked. I mean, I, I was shocked, T Frank. I, I never yeah. thought I'd see Penn State. Mine or plus 10 against Michigan. Uh, now it's dropped to seven, which is where it should be. Uh, so I, well, I mean, I honestly kind of still think it's a little too much, honestly. I, I, yeah, I mean, I'll just go, I'll get right into it. I, I have Penn State this week, I have Penn State winning outright in this game. Uh, maybe a little bit of a homer play. I don't know. You, if you guys want to call it that, that's fine. But I, I, when I just look at Michigan, dude, they've played nobody, yeah. they've played absolutely no one. Uh, Hawaii. Colorado State, UConn, Iowa, Indiana. So sure, their defensive metrics may be great, but those are five of the worst offenses in the country. I just have very little faith in faith in them. And uh, you know, when you when you look at what Maryland did, you know, putting up almost four hundred, it was like three hundred ninety six yards, twenty seven touchdowns. Man, they turned the ball over three times in that game. Maryland could have beat Michigan. Like they, yeah. I watched that whole game. I bet Maryland. To be honest. I watched that whole game. I mean, Maryland absolutely should have and could have and probably should have won that game. I'm just I'm just not sold that Michigan is the team that they were last year. You know, a couple other things too. I, I think I know a lot of you guys are predicting a lower scoring game. I I, I don't. I, I think this this spread should be closer to sixty. I, I really I really feel like we you can see each team score four touchdowns in this game. Uh, I think both defenses. We're going to learn a lot about both these defenses. I think Michigan yeah. and Penn State are both getting a lot of credit for being great defenses. 
I'm not sure how true that is. I mean, there, there's a lot of metrics to point in the right direction, but yeah. just like how Michigan's played nobody really good, Penn State's the same. I mean, yeah, Purdue challenged them, and, and Purdue really actually genuinely challenged them, just like Maryland yep. did. But yep. everybody else, Northwestern, Ohio, Central Michigan, Auburn, I mean, none of them are really challenging um, you know, from an offensive perspective. So I think we'll see a higher-scoring game. You know, for my official play, I'll take Penn State plus seven. Um, and if you got Penn State plus ten last week, salute. You know, that was yeah. a, that was a great play. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I mean, right now the over under is fifty and a half too. I, I yeah. think that's way too low. I mean, I, I really think that this game, sh- this over under, should be closer to sixty. So it's it's interesting. A lot of the stuff you say makes a ton of sense, and and I know it, you're it on, I know you're on the opposite. Up. Just go. Just no, here, but I here's the thing. The I, I'm not. I'm not. I want to. I wanted to pick Penn State, but we'll the history of going to uh, Ann Arbor, I just I couldn't get over that. Of when this has been a home and home series of the home team wins, and when Penn State goes to the Big House, they tend to get blown out. Now this mm-hmm. is not that team. I agree with you there. They're not. They're not the team that's going to shut down Penn State. Um, but that the play on the road and then the, the wild card of what you get out of Sean Clifford. It is to me, the devil, you know, and the devil you don't, because as much as I maybe came out a little hot takey about JJ McCarthy, we don't know what he's, what he's like when he's challenged. There's a, he's throwing Mm -hmm. to a lot of really open receivers in on, on a lot of the tape is him getting a good read. It's a, it's a half field read. He's going, finding the guy underneath coverage, bam, throws it, catch whatever happens after that is usually the tight end maybe breaks a tackle maybe doesn't uh but he's a good quarterback and he does a lot of the things that i want a quarterback to do he is uh usually pretty good in the pocket although he's been pressured almost never uh and he is able to read progressions and get to guys on the backside of some reads and you know he can find check downs and beat zones and all those things my biggest question is what does michigan do defensively in this game because they like to, I think this is what I've, I've heard and talked to Clayton Safey earlier this week. They want to play coverage. They want to play a soft cover three, cover four, make you earn it, kind of rush with four traditional conservative-ish defenses. Or you could say play fast and smart and all those things if you're really good at it. But knowing Sean Clifford, they also blitzed the hell out of Talia Tunga Valoa. They threw so many players. And part of the reason was, that the tackles were pretty good. They held up pretty well, so they had to throw some guys at the line of scrimmage to get pressure. Do they have to do that? Knowing they move Mike Morris around and they can line him up on the right side and they can they attack what is, as far as the statistical weakness and on film, the weaker side of pass protection. Can they attack that? Can they get consistent pressure? And can they rattle Sean Clifford so that he's bad in a clean pocket, which is something that predictably happens regularly? That's why I picked Michigan, because I think they can get that done. The critical areas and then the the just the feel of Clifford this year has been not great. And and I, I don't know how they're going to overcome that in this game, even though if it were a different quarterback, I'd probably pick Penn State. Like, that's what it comes down to to me. You and your Jew Aller hype. Jeez. <laughs> I know. I'm um. trying... I'm trying really hard <laughs> not to do that. I'm trying hard not to do that, but it just comes, it, it keeps coming back to a couple of basic factors here. 
the the running game is so much better this year for Penn State. Genuinely, they're getting consistent yardage and they're getting, you know, not just the chunk plays. They've been getting good yardage out of the ground. But the inconsistency in the passing game, it is what it is. And I don't know that it's going to get better, but we have randomly seen Sean Clifford play well in these games. I think one thing they have to do is they have to not take the cheese. Don't go bombs away. Don't try to hit every play as an explosive play. Just Parker Washington, Brenton Strange, over the middle, just attack the linebackers. Do some of the stuff that... Because that's where that's where Sean Clifford was good, especially I'm, I'm thinking what's coming to mind is the Ohio State game last year, where he was able mm-hmm. to find Parker Washington. He threw a couple balls with anticipation into windows. Like, they were good plays, and I, I just, I, his vertical leads down the field have never been something he's been good at. The first one of his career, he hit to DeAndre Tompkins and he dropped it. Since then, it's been mostly bad. So don't, don't fall in love with what they're giving you because they're giving it to you for a reason. I guess that would be my, my hope for the plan of attack here. And then, of course, play action. Hope you get the ground game going. But, but Michigan's stout up front. You know, I think they're mm-hmm. a good run defense. I, I don't have any question about but that. We don't know that, though. We don't know that, T. Frank. That's that's my point, though, is they Hawaii, Colorado <laughs> State, UConn, Iowa, Indiana. Have yeah. you watched any of those five teams this year? Because I, my, the degenerate yeah. Ryan has watched those five teams this year. Yeah. And they effing suck. I mean, they yeah, are especially so at the bad, offensive line. Man. At the offensive line so and bad. run blocking, uh, Maryland has no interest in run blocking. That's why they throw so many screens. Y- you're right. You're right. And, but I, guess- so I don't. I don't know how good Michigan's offensive line is. Like that's, and I don't know how good Michigan's defense is either. I just, um, I mean, I know we we're talking about offense there, and I said offensive yeah. line. That's the other thing. I, I just, we'll, we'll find. I, I think Michigan has a decent offensive line. That, and actually, let me let yeah. me come back to one last thing I didn't bring up. Let me jump in here. Um, yeah. This is all. I mean, the we know Penn State secondary is great. I still have questions about their front seven. Uh, th- this will be massive for them. Th- yeah. This is the game that will tell me is Penn State a New Year's Six kind of team? You know that that you know maybe they maybe they can lose two games and still make a New Year's Six bowl. But like, can they can they face some of the best teams in the country? Because we're going to yeah. learn so much about their defensive so line in what, this game. What factor there do you want to learn more about? Pass rush, run defense. Oh, or run all defense, absolutely. Run yeah. defense, okay. run defense. Uh, you know, just because last year in so many games, we saw them when it really mattered, we saw them get pushed around. Yes, they didn't have PJ Mustafer in some of those games. Yeah. Uh, but th- you know, th- this is this is one of those games. They haven't really been tested since uh I mean, like, not even really Michigan State. I mean, Michigan State to some degree last year, that was a snow game. I don't want to look in that yep. too much, but yep. you know, you can go back to I mean, maybe Illinois, Ohio State, but just there was a lot of games last year when teams had to get yards, they had to get those yards. Penn State let them get those yards. So yeah. I just think that that's massive. Yes, the linebackers are playing better than I think all of us expected. But again, this will be the game that tells us really how well they're playing. And then one other thing, too, I want to mention is, you know, Penn State's getting the the good chunk of their rushing yards off the edge this year. Yep. Like that that plays into Michigan's hand from kind of what yep. I've seen. So they they have to run between the tackles in this See, game. I don't think and they that's can what, do that. And I, yeah. I agree. I'm kind of making the same case as you are. That's what worries me. Uh, with with picking Penn State in this one because they haven't had a lot of success doing that and and I, I don't think they're going to be able to run off the edge a lot in this game. So a couple of things I noticed watching, uh, especially seeing Maryland able to do it. One of the things is 
what Penn State has done best this year is is kind of downhill running, you know, counter mm-hmm. and and hitting downhill runs. Kind of like Northwestern, Penn State, uh, that kind of plays into their hands here. Some of the stuff that they have not been successful against has been moving laterally. Uh, Mazzy Smith is a big dude. Um, mm. They're they are stout and strong up front. They're big and they're physical. Their defensive ends are like five technique guys. They're two ninety. They have some, you know, they have some pass rushers that come in and third down, but their base defense is hard to run against, I think, in those areas. But Penn State's best running plays have been it's gonna be it's gonna be good on good. It's strength on strength in this it matchup is. because I don't know that Penn State has been successful enough running outside zone and some of their sweeps and get they have not been coordinated get it to the getting to the outside. Somebody misses a, a key down block, somebody doesn't get their block on the backside of a zone run, and those things they take, I think, a little bit extra coordination. I can see that not working, and then you're kind of playing into the strength of this of this front. That's my concern with the whole Penn State offense because it's built off of that. If that so in the first quarter, if they're running the football, then I think Penn State has a chance to win the game, and Sean Clifford can operate out of that. But if it's drop back time and it's you know the right side of the offensive line versus the best pass rushers from Michigan who move around the formation. That is not a recipe that I mean we saw it last year. Penn State Penn State's gonna be in the game. This is not a blowout. This is, I think, everyone's indication in in the scores we predicted is this is like a three-point game. I just I don't trust, I think there's more avenues to victory for the Michigan offense, given that Blake Corm is an older player. He's a more mature guy that has consistently produced over two years. And I I trust their quarterback a little bit more, knowing I don't know anything. And that's gonna be the biggest wild card is like what is jj mccarthy when he's not pristine and kept upright yeah we'll see i I just yeah we'll we'll see i I just don't michigan's played no one man and i'll just keep coming back to that that you know we can watch all the film and look all the stats and think all these little things um but you know they they should look great against hawaii you know they should look great against colorado state there's a lot of things to point that and just but penn state really hasn't either you know i'll I'll come back to i think penn state out of all the teams they face i think penn state has played the best team in purdue and and you know i will say i think maryland's actually pretty good this year too i think that maryland penn state game is going to be a better game yeah i would i would i would say that ah that's tough i think maryland might be a better team you know, just a, a hair better than Purdue. Yeah. I, yeah. The, defense, we'll see. the defense isn't very good for Maryland, but the defense wasn't very good for, for Purdue. And I, yeah, I like, I like Maryland. So you're, 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 yeah. I'm not going to argue it. I like Maryland a lot this year, to be honest. So this is the first time we've had a real debate about this. Like we, mm-hmm. this is a good game. This is going to be a fun yeah, game to watch. <laughs> I am. I'm just so excited for this weekend, man. I mean, after this game, we roll right into TCU, Oklahoma state, and Alabama, Tennessee, uh, you know, we got that Utah USC game at night. Uh, yep. you know, I'm missing another. I mean, Syracuse, NC State, I know they're not as flashy as names, but they're both quality teams. You yep. got Clemson, Florida State, I didn't even hit on. I mean, there's there's a lot of really fun games this weekend, man. If you have a wedding this weekend, I feel really bad for you. <laughs> I feel really, really bad for you. I'm actually kind of like originally, I kind of wanted to go to Ann Arbor. I'm staying home this weekend, but uh, yeah, kind of happy I am now. <laughs> So for all of you that are excited about all of those games, do me a favor and forget about all of them. The main thing you need to do after the Penn State game is watch 
the BWI live post game show. Tom Hannafin no. is back. We're going to have the full crew on the post game show, and we're going to be taking your questions nice. live after the game for whatever happened. We'll be talking about it. Narratives. Tom will be all up in his dander if, if James Franklin loses. We're going to have another one of those conversations. I'm already <laughs> predicting Tom. it. Oh, I'm so Tom. excited. I'm I want so to ask about him. him. I, yeah, yeah. I, I want to ask about him. I haven't seen the him problem with having no. successful people on your roster is they're successful and busy. So like he's <laughs> right, been very busy. Right. Uh, and uh, and we're su- we're super glad to have him back. I'm I'm looking forward to the post game show. It comes up directly after the game, so make sure you subscribe to Blue White Illustrated because when you do that and you hit the notification button uh, on my phone, every time we go live, it goes zoop zoop, and I look down, look like, up, oh, the show's on. So you, you then you know to join and ask your qu- your your questions, yell into the ether of the internet, all that great stuff. They'll be That's yelling enough. of enjoyment because Penn State's going <laughs> to smoke them. Oh, they're going to smoke them, but they're going to yeah. pull the up. <laughs> Call it, guys. I'm calling it. Let's go. All right. So let's get out of here. Make sure that you get to the rest of your weekend in the most efficient and wonderful fashion. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk to you then. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, It's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.